how fast did you complete this? Yes, I, I finished it to completion. But how um, fast? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he keeps answering yes to a numbered question. Wait, what? How fast did it take you to finish? Yes. Oh, yes. I don't know. Just, just a couple minutes, like regular. Uh, <laughs> y'all welcome back to that reload podcast we are here today with the entire crew i was sitting across from me the man the myth the legend the booze jeremy the kitchen white law nah. sitting next to him is our pit master and producer the man that tickles all the clips mr matt far levels levels and last but not least we have the sweet and sassy sometimes salty miss stacy hey guys I'm your host, Joel, of course. I always forget to introduce myself, but we got a great podcast for y'all today. It's something that we haven't done yet. We've dabbled on, I think, in the past and everything, but we are going to be talking all things cast iron. Right, honey? Yeah, all things cast iron. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I have, you know, as in my line of work, you know, I work with a lot of women, you know, not to be sexist or anything, but being a nurse, work with a lot of women. And I've been told so many times, I have cast iron in my cabinet and I just don't know what to do with it. Or I need to learn how to cook with cast iron. And I think at times it can be a little intimidating. I don't know why. Well, you know, I mean. But a lot of people need to know a little bit more about it and let's make it easy for them. So let me ask you guys, you know, do you prefer cast iron over any other type of skillet? Absolutely. And why? Yeah, I would say it would depend on what I'm doing, but I would say eight out of ten times I'm grabbing cast iron. Let's talk about oh. the why later. Okay. A little later. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm, I'm curious what doing. the two exceptions you have in those ten times are, Jeremy. Well, you'll find out later. Stay tuned for this episode of Savory Load Podcast. <laughs> yeah, but it's been a bit since we've came together, so I figured let's do a little catch-up. Ketchup segment. So oh, what's everybody man, been going on? I'm like totally, uh, well, I'll tell you why this beginning of this podcast seems all flustered and I'm trying to roll over ketchup is because of my total disaster that I had last night. Yeah. So one of my friends, you know, you know, the wolf pack, one of our wolf pack members is pregnant. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, we had a diaper party for the husband. So a dad shoulder party. Everybody brings diapers and wipes and you drink your face off and you eat great food. Well, and I drank, yeah. I drank my face off. So we spent the night. It was an Wait, adult. Hold on. Did you just call it a bachelor party? Yeah. Dad shoulder party. Is he single? No, but he's going to, he's a first time dad. Oh, okay. So this is his bachelor. He's first time dad. So yeah. So everybody brought over diapers, um, mm. watched the UT game that he smoked. He's got a brand new Rectex. So he smoked some, uh, he actually used double action and pack and heat on his pulled pork. And it Ooh, was yeah. awesome. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he did that. And, um, so a lot of our friends love bourbon. Everybody brought over a few bottles of bourbon. We had them all laid out on the counter and it was kind of a free for all. If you wanted to try something, I was able to try pin hook, which I've never tried before. Did y'all bring over a bottle of old granddad 114? No, but we should have. Ugh, so I will, I will tell now. you something. One know. thing that we did bring over was, you know, shout out to Chattanooga uh, whiskey. Um, I really think it's super, super underrated. You know, some people are paying big, big bucks for, you know, these allocated bottles. Chattanooga whiskey has got some serious stuff. I've never tried anything that wasn't bad. So we picked up a bottle. 
that was bad. <laughs> You've never tried anything that wasn't bad? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was all bad. I haven't tried anything that has been bad <laughs> from them. Uh, there you yeah. go. There you go. There you go. Whoops. That wasn't not bad. Everything. Yeah. I got your back. Has been good. Um, yeah. But we picked up a bottle of Chattanooga whiskey single barrel. Yeah. It was- so good. That's their newest offering, isn't it? Yeah. And it's delicious. It is so good. I mean, and, and I've, and I've got to say, you know, it sounds really snooty or whatever, but when you take it in, you have like three different experiences in your mouth. It is a really long, um, flavor profile. Yeah. And the finish. When you take it into your mouth, it's really long. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it is. Man. It was so long. And the finish. God. The finish. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> it was so good. But anyways. Is every- it like creamy and like filling? It was woody. Oh, it was very oh. woody. Okay. That's yeah. Good. So anyways, we had a, a plethora of bourbons. Um, <laughs> I was a responsible adult and paced myself and oh, was in man. bed before midnight. Now, Lick Lighter, on the other hand. I went hard, man. Like, so it was me and Wildcat and, uh, you know, and my, my buddy Aaron. Who's Aaron, who he was on our podcast. I've actually been on this podcast. And um, he, so Aaron loves it. I love it. We were all just, and we just, I don't know, man. I, I haven't gone that hard in a long time. I stayed up to four in the morning, by the way. Well, Joel, that's why we call you the the deuce because you go twice as hard. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but it was, uh, I woke up probably 8.15 this morning. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm wrecked right now. Hmm. So I'm, I'm going to power through. We're going to get through this podcast. Poor guy. You ever feel like spiders are crawling on your skin? You're so hungover? No, yes. I never have. No. That's, that's I've how never I experienced that. I that. think it's because last night Seriously? at like 11 o'clock at night, they decide <laughs> to all start making espresso and Joel drank an entire mug full of espresso. Oh, I will say back in college, we used to do the four locos and mixing a lot of caffeine with a lot of alcohol is never a good combo. Well, see, that's the thing is I don't, I don't drink espresso. And he goes, do you want an espresso? I'm like, yeah, I'm tired. I want to I want to go hard. Yes, I like an espresso. Well, he makes it and he pours. He goes, you want a whole mug? And I'm like, sure. You know? A whole mug of espresso? How many shots of it? How many that's shots a, of espresso that's is that? That's a lot. It's a, I did Three a, or four? I did a coffee mug. He of, did a coffee mug of espresso. And then this morning four? he had an Americana that had espresso in it. So this I'm is why he feels bad. you went to sleep at four. <sighs> I don't know, bro. Like my brain feels like there's ants walking in it right now. <laughs> I believe everything it. tingles. It's I'm uh <laughs> you can hear my voice. <laughs> well, no. we just want you listeners to know that we only give you the best quality content here. That's on right. That's right. Well, the reason like this was the first time like last night going to this party. Um, and, and I say party. We all sit by a fire and we're kind of relaxing. And we all sleep over. We do it safe. We don't drive home. But we have been so crazy with the sell of our home and then moving into Joel's parents' house. Like, that's where we are currently. Our house is not finished being built. So we are currently staying with his parents. And it's just been go, go, go. And then we have two kids. And then we're running the business, um, which the business is now shipping is being held somewhere differently. So we have a lot going on. So this party was kind of the first time we were able to go and take a deep breath. Yeah, air. and we hadn't seen these people in a long time either. So it's one of those things too. But I would give I can give myself all the excuses I want. Staying up to four in the morning and drinking copious amounts of bourbon and espresso was not a good idea. 
Mm. So what do you guys well, been what up to? What was the best thing? Well, I was going to ask before we move on from that. Sounds like you partook quite a lot. So what was the best thing other than the Chattanooga whiskey that you had? Well, that pinhook rye that um, she was talking about was really good. I really it has a it. horse on the label. Yes, oh, it does. yeah, I've there's, seen that one. There's several different ones. This was the blue labeled uh, pinhook, and so like all of them have horses on it. But I think it's what is pinhook like a, a like a place where they run <laughs> or know. whatever you call it. My answer is different than yours. So, it would be a. Pinhook, in my opinion, is kind of like the Noah's Mill that we had on the last episode. It's it's one I've seen on the shelf quite a bit, and I've just never picked it up. So yeah, I'm was, interested to hear that you you thought it was pretty good. It was, it, it was I, okay. I really liked it, but the Russell's Reserve that I had was good. I too. didn't try that. One. Oh yeah, Russell's is always good. That was. A really mm-hmm. cool. I'll tell you what my favorite one of the night was. Elijah Craig, was it a oh, that, barrel the proof? Barrel rye? proof. I forgot about. But that it was one. a rye. No. There was an Elijah Craig rye. Oh, there, there was an Elijah Craig rye, 94 proof. Yeah. Okay. So an Elijah Craig rye. And for 94 proof, like it burned. I mean, it had a sting to it, but it was delicious. That's all right. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Interesting. But that Chattanooga single barrel was my favorite by far. Yeah. I've got a bottle of that too. I can vouch. It's definitely delicious. That was one where back whenever I was still able to go in liquor stores on the reg, I picked it up uh, and the guy that was selling me on it had never tried it. And so I was like, you want to try it right now? <laughs> we just opened it and I poured him a little shot of it right at the counter. So Hell yeah. when, you, when you've got a, a, a liquor store clerk that you like, you got to treat him right. Yeah. I, 100%. There you go. Well, you know, if you're listening to this on the day that it drops, TRP Tuesday, it's election day. Oh. Hey. It is election day and Ka- a- Kanye West is on the ballot. Yes. Yes, he is. I'm, I'm really hoping he makes it in. That's you know, to terrible. But... What do you guys think about that? I threw up in the woods when we got home. This Nobody, morning? Yeah. Is that what you think that's about a, it? That That's an accurate portrayal of what I think of it. Yeah. Okay. Of, of the whole election process. <laughs> oh, Running I, our country. But this was the first for me. I've never thrown up the day after drinking. And then today, today I did. Oh. Yeah. Cool. I'm impressed. It was all effing coffee. Mm, that oh. probably really good coming back up. It was horrible. Nice okay. Better. Well, anyways, what else we got? Bacon Oreos. What the hell is that about? <laughs> Evidently, who started that? Okay, there's there's controversy on who started that. To be honest, um, there's controversy over who's claiming this turd. Let's be clear on this. So right now, um, you know, Traeger's posting it a lot. Matt Pittman from Meat Church is posting it a lot. Um, I think that's where it went viral. Um, I have seen on a lot of the posts where people are a little upset because two months ago, I forgot what was her page. Was it girl? Girls can grill. Was it her? No, I don't know. I'm, I'm see, lost and I'm not one. even going to give her credit. How terrible is that? the The correct person that wow. posted it. Um, it's stupid. It's freaking stupid. But credit needs to no, go where credit is she's due. Talking about where it came from, though. Like w- w- we'll get into how stupid it is. But okay, um, Matt Pittman, I think, is taking a lot of credit for it, or people are giving him a lot of credit for it right now. But he wasn't the originator of it. I think that's what Stacey's trying to say. Yes. Mm-hmm. The whole concept of wrapping the frickin' Oreo up in bacon, and we were—I think we were all talking about it on a chat. There's no way that bacon is going to cook properly. It's just well, a, I'd like simple. To, I'd like to say that things inside of other things are dumb to begin with. Cleaners uh, so, uh, inside of buns. No, that's completely different. I'm talking about stuffing foods inside of other foods. I don't know about all that. What about oh, like a turducken? Oh. 
that's just an abomination. But I'm <laughs> I'm on I'm on board. For I'm on board for that one though, okay. just because it's so ridiculous. Well, do and you- the, and and those are all birds, so they get co- they get cooked to the same temperature. the The fundamental issue of a bacon wrapped Oreo is that by the time you get that bacon crispy, that Oreo is going to be to mush, and it's going to be infected with all the bacteria because there's no way you're going to cook the center of the Oreo to the recommended temperatures that you need to cook the bacon. Like none of it makes sense. What if you fried so it? It's just going to be soggy with bacon juice. Is that what you're saying? Yes, a nice bacon, uh, raw bacon juice impregnated Oreo. If that's what you're after, you should try these out. <laughs> what if you fried it? Like a, like a, hot, a really hot and fast fry. Have you ever had deep fried Oreos? No. So I've made them a few times. They're good, but like it's really fatty. Like when you eat one, you're just like, like you can have two and then you feel sick. Uh. Like that's how like fatty they are. And like I couldn't imagine adding like more fat to that. So and I plus like like the the amount of time it would take like like when you're when you put them in the batter and deep fry them you're talking about like two to three minutes tops before that Oreo just falls apart. Yeah, and then like bacon's not going to deep fry in two minutes. Like, but the you, thing is, is that tons of people are doing this and saying it's great. So there's got to be something to it. People are enjoying it. Look, I like soggy people- Oreos that are soaked in milk. Not, 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 not smokiness. Like I don't want smokiness. I want my, I want my sweet soggy milk Oreos, but I don't want any smokiness to my Oreo. This sounds just, you don't want that Oreo so soggy that you can't even get it out of the milk. No, I don't. I hate that. That pisses me off. (laughs) You're not going to throw a bunch of Oreos in a glass of milk, let it set for an hour. I'm going to drink this up. It's so good. Mm, (laughs) No, I'll say it's clear there's something to like the salty sweet combination along with the smokiness, but I think that there's probably better ways to execute on that flavor profile. Like, I don't know if you guys remember the smoked moon pies that uh, oh, my, yeah, yeah, my yeah. Smoky Boys brought over. Those were delicious. It actually you know, was. Like it was the first rub. time I'd ever had a, a moon pie, and Aaron TBSQ um, brought that over, and they had put some of their they put some yeah. of their rub on it. They and put their it. rub. It awesome. Yeah, it was savory and sweet, and and that was actually really good. Just FYI, the person that made them was at Queen of the Grill, and one of the guys had said, "Y'all need to start showing respect where it's due." Queen of the Grill is the first to drop these to my knowledge, and everyone else is taking credit. Mm-hmm. They going, mm-hmm. things are getting salty. Going back on that uh, sweet and salty combo, Matt. Like one of my favorite donuts right now is like a maple glazed donut with like little cut up bits of bacon on it. It's really good. Uh, but maple and bacon, like classic pairing. So how's the is the bacon cooked in that instance before it goes on the donut? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the bacon is cooked, chopped up into little bacon bits, you know, and then um, a, a fully cooked donut is dipped in the glaze like you would normally glaze a donut and then sprinkle the bacon on top like yes. it's fully cooked. And it's freaking delicious. Yes. Uh, uh, duck donut, donuts makes a really good one. Yeah, I could smash those. But well, That, that kind of like triggers me, though, to want to come up with something tasteful. That is the sweet and savory combo that we can come up with. What if you pre-cooked the bacon a little bit? I we, think we, you're we've done that too hard at this point. Is, we, is kind of what I'm saying. I think you could take these ingredients separately and put them together. Like if if you made some sort yeah. of like 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 Oreo uh, cupcake and sprinkled bacon on top of it or something to get some of that saltiness or something in there. Like you could do that and people do do that. That's a thing. But wrapping bacon and cooking it around an Oreo is just going to impregnate it with all the 
fat and juices and make it super greasy. I mean, let's be honest. Have you guys ever truly wrapped something in bacon (laughs) and it been perfection? We got to do this. Yes, like a bacon wrapped steak. We have to try it. What's the consistency of the bacon at that point? Oh, so so it's really important how you cook that steak. Uh, You're going to want to reverse sear it. That way that bacon can fully render the entire time while it's cooking. And then when you sear the steak, you know, you sear both sides and then turn it on its side and roll it over the skillet or whatever. So that bacon gets nice and crispy and you have some beautifully smoked bacon because it's been cooking for like an hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half, depending on how thick that steak is, it renders fully out, you know, whereas like if you're, you know, um, other things that are much shorter cooks, it's much harder to get that bacon crispy, but the amount of time it takes to cook a piece of bacon and a steak is about same when you about the same when you do a reverse here. Yeah, because yeah. like I've we, tried. Go ahead. I was gonna say I've tried. Uh, I think they're called like atomic buffalo turds. It's like you take cream cheese and rub and, and blend it together and put it into a like a cored out jalapeno and then wrap mm-hmm. that with bacon and smoke that. it. Yeah. And every time I've ever done them, like they seem like they would be really good in theory, but then the bacon yeah. is just gummy. Like it yeah. doesn't ever crisp up the way around it. Yeah. And that's actually what mm-hmm. I was about to say. We make these all the time and I actually made them last night for the diaper party. Um, you know, bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers. They just don't work. You're, you're the bacon kind of unravels. It's chewy. It's pulling off. You get more bacon to popper ratio. So what Joel and I do, um, we core out the jalapenos, cut them in half, and then I take a block of cream cheese, a teaspoon of fully loaded, a bunch of shredded cheese, and then I go ahead and cook bacon ahead of time, chop it up, and add it to the cream cheese mixture, stuff the jalapenos, and then just bake them or smoke them. Um, mm-hmm. So you get bites of the the nice bacon, the smokiness all throughout the cream cheese mixture, and you're not tugging on chewy bacon. Yeah, we yeah. Uh, that's, and they get smashed every time. We we've tried to cook those. We have pre cooked the bacon before, and then wrapped them, and not not, not fully cooked it. Just pre cooked it a, a little bit, and then I would like grill them, and that would finish it out, and that worked out pretty good. But it's a giant pain in the ass. And it's still it's still you know I want a nice clean bite, and I like good ratios of my ingredients, so I can get a good flavor mix and yeah i'm telling you putting it into the cream cheese mixture just makes it so much easier less messy you just grab the the mixture stuff it in your jalapenos and bake them so good wow so i think we need to come up with one sweet and savory let's do this and i think we also need to take a break (laughs) i do think that it's well real quick before we go to break though i i I just want to point out that none of the four of us have actually tried the bacon wrapped oreo right Uh i know this one of the four will not be trying them oh come on jeremy I will only try it if it's we dust the outside disgusting. with double action. You can't judge till you try it. I can say it's unsanitary. You don't know. What if it, we it, tempt the middle of the Oreo? Oh, if you tempt the middle of the Oreo and it's 145 <laughs> degrees, which um, um, pork has to be cooked to, then uh, it would but, be safe to eat and also be falling apart completely. Is Never mind. I'm not going to No, say is is do you treat raw bacon like you would raw pork cuz isn't it partially cooked? No. It, smoked bacon. It it's cured and it if it's smoked bacon it's cold smoked. It's not it's it's cured. It's not cooked at all. Hmm. So our friends that eat raw bacon pieces? <laughs> That's gross. Who do you know That's that eats raw bacon pieces? <laughs> that is super gross. I do. They're, you they're, you know people this? that do it? Shout them out. Mm-hmm. No. 
<laughs> it's her. You don't, have, you don't have to tell us on the break because I don't want to be friends with these people. No. <laughs> well, let's go to a break. And when is we it get you guys. Huh? No, no, God. no, oh my no, God, no, no, no. Stacy, it is, it is. No. Stacy, look oh at her God, eyes. No. She's over there eating raw bacon. I <laughs> like chewing gum. Definitely not. I have friends in quotation <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Just kidding. Is, okay, go ahead. And is this what break. you feed? Is this what you feed your kids when you don't feel like cooking here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like here, they want bubble gum. I'm like, no, hey, here, eat this. <laughs> Lunch, Chew on it for a while. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> I'm not in a position to be talking about gagging shit. Okay. Let's go to break. And when we get back on the other side, we're going to actually dive into cast irons. Stick with us. We'll see you on the other side. break folks we are going to jump into cast iron and as we were recording i got a text message about cast iron from one of my sister's friends ah. uh her friend uh kk just texted me and um her and i have talked about cast iron before i actually gave her um a code to get a uh a stargazer cast iron skillet which we'll get into them later and stuff and she has her uh her cast iron kettlebells and she's wondering if she cleans them the same as a skillet and so i told her sure oil them up and throw them in the oven I don't know if you guys have thoughts on that. <laughs> you know, your kettlebells for working out. You that's, clean your that. Those are real. Those cast iron kettlebells. There is cast iron kettlebells, but why Most would you of them clean are them? Cast iron. Yeah, I don't know. I, I told her to put some oil. Has she been sticking them in the fire? fire? No, don't tell her to stop, Jeremy. Right now, <laughs> <laughs> tell her not to wash it with soap and completely Look, dry most them. People know not to take me serious. So if she does that, that's on her. Oh Why my would gosh. she ask you how to clean her kettlebells? That's what I want to know. Because they're cast oh, iron. It's, it, it's a group chat. I think she's just screwing with me. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I would say a little bit of uh, steel wool will do wonders, but her putting. Okay. I'm like, whatever. Who even cleans them? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you guys taking this so serious? You're like, well, no. I, I thought <laughs> for a second. I thought you were serious for a second. <laughs> and I thought you really told this woman to put her cast iron kettlebells in the damn oven. Uh-huh. Let's I get them real good and that. seasoned. Well, so is she going to do it? I mean, what the hell? I don't know. It'd be what? pretty funny if this, she did. This is on you, bro. Pulls so, them out with her evidence. This mitts. is on you. Poor thing. Gives you a harder yeah, burn. Burns more fat when you have your kettlebells heated up before yeah. your workout. All right. So cast, yeah. cast like iron. I nice and toasty before I work out. Mmm. <laughs> it's warm on my hands. Mm. Fry an egg on it. That's right. Get your protein. Same time. Gains, bro. So cast irons. Cast irons. I want to talk cast irons right now. All right. We have been. Okay. Cast Do iron. Do it now. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Uh, that stuff. Cast irons are as old as time, guys. You know, back in the cowboy days, you got the prairie. You got there, you get your cast iron, your beans and your taters and all that jazz. But our grandparents used them. Our great grandparents used them. But then we had like this tech boom or something. You know, Teflon hit the scene. Stainless Non-stick pants. Stick. Yeah, all this stuff. And we have, saw this giant phase out growing up. For me, at least, of people not using cast iron pans anymore, and now here, what in the past, I want to say five years, it's have made a major resurgence. I mean, there's a lot to say about a primitive way of cooking. I mean, just like reinventing the wheel or something like that. This is the way of cooking. I mean, there's there's lots of advantages to cast iron. Well, what like what? 
Why don't you tell me that? They're tough as nails. <laughs> They're tough. You can throw them right in the fire. You can throw them right in the oven, right in the smoker. You can use well, them on your oven. What I want to know. Or on your stove. What I, like, for, for me. Baking them. Yeah, I use a te- but I use a Teflon pan for years. You know, remember when we got married and your mom got us that that at a uh, set of emerald skillets and pot. You know, oh you remember emerald, emerald, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> the bam, that guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was so jacked up getting those things, man. Cause I thought I was just gonna, you know, whatever. But I ended up warping them all because I would, I would rinse them out when they were hot. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wait, w- what kind of pan were you rinsing hot? A Teflon pan. Ooh, yeah. That's yeah. really good for Teflon. It's perfect. Makes them really mm. non-stick. Amazing. So, but anyways, um, for you guys, have you as did you all always like to cook on cast iron? Or did you what tell me tell me about your all's skillet journey? Matt. <laughs> skillet journey. Yeah, tell me, tell me the journey. <laughs> the journey of the skillet. Like, like, I, I'm, hanging, I'm hanging on by a thread here. Just bear with <laughs> me, okay? Yeah. I mean, for me, cast iron's kind of just always been there. Like my mom had the tea fowl pans too, which is I think similar to what you guys are talking about. The, yeah. You know, that was like the generic uh, Teflon pans back in the day. But my mom had uh, cast iron that my grandma handed down to her, and it has since been handed down to me. And yeah. you said that like you guys, that was what you were given like when you were married or whatever. When, whenever I moved out, my mom went and bought me a 12-inch lodge skillet. And that's still one of my favorite skillets that I've got. It's just what I've always cooked on ever since I was having to cook for myself. So I think, you know, you were saying that they kind of went away and then came back. And I think that some of that is that the consumers these days, I think, are more hungry for generational quality lasting products. And what we saw is that like especially through the 90s and 2000s, the T-Fowl stuff, like that Teflon-coated stuff, just does not hold up. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about, Joel, it, it warps if you don't treat it just right. Yeah. Or if you use like the wrong kind of utensil in it, it'll scrape Scratch. the coating off. Mm-hmm. And there's all these issues, not to mention, you know, I'm not a doctor or health professional, but there's speculation about health issues related to the chemicals involved in the Teflon as well. Yep. So it's just... Cast iron, it, it's tried and true. It's generational. If you treat it right, it'll treat you right. It'll treat your kids right and their kids. So that's one thing that I really like about it is that it's it's buy it for life. You 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 buy it once, and if you treat it right, you'll have it forever. It, yeah. You don't have to worry about all that stuff. Joel has um, upstairs, actually, here. I took some pictures of it, and I'm going to post it on our stories on TRP. But um, we have one of Joel's great-great-grandmother's cast iron skillets. It, and I'm going to well, talk about, I want to talk about that later about the way it looks. Yes. That's why I'm going to uh, post a picture, but you know, we'll, we'll get back to that. Jeremy, tell us about your uh, skillet journey. Matt, that is a beautiful, heartwarming story. And now let me tell you a really horrible story. Um, <laughs> Joel, you'll, you'll really appreciate this one. Uh, I got my first cast iron skillet when I was like 21. It was a, uh, a lodge 12 inch. Um, I was having some friends over for dinner. I still have the skillet to this day. Uh-huh. Um, and it was, um, St. Patrick's day. And we all decided to drink a bunch of four locos. Oh no. And then I was going to make bubble and squeak and well, bubble. And what's, what's, that? Bur- what's up? What's bubble and squeak? Yeah, it's an Irish dish. It's uh, like ham and cabbage and like a bunch of stuff. You're 21 it, years old making this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. Like, yes. Dinner parties and stuff. Um, of and course. So 
so all my friends are coming over and like earlier in the day I had made like some free form, like low of like Irish soda bread and stuff. And, you know, we're drinking scotch and then like someone busts out like a case of four locos and we start doing four locos. And that was just, it was just downhill. Uh, everything I was going to cook just got burned into the pan. It was like destroyed. Oh no. And the next day. It, the, well, and then, you know, the night happened, but then the next day we just scraped it out and it was perfectly fine. I still have it to this day. Tough as nails. We mm-hmm. did we did a uh, a cook for a bunch of friends. I did a, a venison um, cook one time, and I did I, I pan fried all the, the venison backstrap, and then I forgot mm-hmm. to turn the eye off. So every we're all sitting in there, and I'll say this about cast iron: when it gets super hot and it starts smoky, it starts smoking. It burns. It makes you cough. I mean, it's it's not a good sensation at all and that thing the whole the whole middle of the cast iron skillet was just white uh yeah <laughs> you burned all the seasoning off of i it, burned yeah. it all out dude it was back to the raw but yeah it was mm-hmm. uh that was that was pretty freaking wild anyways but but no the with cast iron though i feel like and this is something i think people when they they get a little intimidated by is like seasoning your cast iron and that situation i was in i was able to bring that thing back you know, back mm-hmm. to life. So even though I, I, if that had been like a, a, a high end Teflon pan or something like that or whatever, you know, I think that whole thing would have been ruined, you know, cause I sat it in there on that with not, no liquid in it at all burning out the whole entire time. Yeah. So every kitchen, yeah. every kitchen needs a good cast iron skillet. We of course have it in multiple sizes. Um, we even have one that's like massive that we take camping with us and we either use it over the fire, we put it on the pit barrel, whatever, um, to make nachos, you know, nachos for like 10 or 12 of us. It's perfect. Um, but you know, not only is it tough as nails, it stays hot. Once you get it nice and hot, it stays hot. It's not like flexible with the Teflon nonstick pans. It can get away from you though. A little bit sometimes. Well, yeah, I can. That's why you got to heat it up slowly. So um, that is a huge pro, but can also be a con. Yeah. Uh, the pro of that is if you want to sear a steak, that cast iron retains heat so well that when you slap that steak down there, it's not going to cool the pan down. It's going to stay super hot and give you an awesome sear and you can flip over and do the other side. Where that's not good is if you're creating a sauce in a pan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to be able to control that temperature. You want to be able to drop a temperature and cool it down if you want to mix something into it or you want to bring that temperature back up. And that's where like cast iron wouldn't be good if you're making like uh, like a beurre rouge or something or, you know, where you want to add some butter or something into it. You know, you're adding the cheese into your Mornay. You need to cool that sauce down. Cast iron is just going to stay hot. Even if you turn the heat off, it's going to stay hot for a long time. So that's one thing you have to factor in when you're using a cast iron. But let's th- let's talk about that then real quick. Is 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 a cast? Some people say that cast irons are universal and you can use them for anything. Which you I know t- technically you can, but like you just talked about making a sauce. Is if somebody was like, I'm going to go, I want to get these things from my kitchen. Would you recommend them getting all cast iron or would you say, hey, you know, you need to get you a saucepan, need to get this and that? No, uh, you definitely need some other stuff. Like we were talking earlier and I was like eight out of 10 times I'm grabbing a cast iron pan. But there are other times when you want something else, which, you know, um, like um, another disadvantage of cast iron is that uh, they're very reactive to acidic things. Um, 
in small amounts. If you put a squeeze of lemon into a dish, that's not a big deal. Like a tomato sauce? If you're cooking a tomato sauce for 10 hours, you probably shouldn't do that in a cast iron pan, but you can get an enameled cast iron pan to do something like that in. Oh, Matt's over there. I was going to suggest. I was like, yeah, you got to have the enameled Dutch oven. Yeah. yeah. And and so like an, an, an enameled cast iron would work really well for that. But again, making a sauce though, uh, the enameled isn't going to help with that, with dropping the heat. It's going to maintain the heat exactly the same. Um, Uh. it's just a different problem. So I say we kind of take it to, from the top, let's kind of go back. And, you know, for, for those of you that may not be as savvy with cast iron, let's start from the beginning. Okay. So you go out and you buy a cast iron pan, basic one that you're probably going to want to get most used. I would say 12 inch pan. Right. And there's, I would say 10 inch, 10 inch skillet, 10 inch skillet should be your first one. We use uh, a 12. I think I'm with Stacy on this. I'm a 12. I think a 12 inch is the one to have. Isn't we use our 10 inch way more than we use our 12 inch. I don't know. Uh, we, I've got all sizes and I always found myself reaching for that, for that bigger one. So get, get I a 10 find, or a 12. I find, that, I find that the two inches in the extra weight don't, uh, it does don't make it worth it. It is freaking heavy, man. Especially yeah, when I'm trying it, to empty the, the it ten, out. Like, like my wife can handle a 10 inch super easy, but a 12 inch is just too much weight for her. That's why I recommend like if you, if you've never used cast iron before, get a 10 inch cause it's going to be significantly lighter and you're still going to be able to do just about everything you would normally do in it. That's a good point. It is. And, and you know, some of you may be able to dig around your parents, grandparents house and find you one. So you don't necessarily have to go out and get a brand new one. Or go to Walmart and spend eleven dollars and ninety six cents and get you a brand new one. Mm-hmm. All right, so we, we, you, you're getting a ten inch skillet. Then what? All right, got to pay attention whether you know is it pre seasoned. Do they even make the ones anymore that aren't seasoned? Yes. Um, if you're going with, uh, so we're going to get into like higher end ones and stuff. Uh, if you want like Lodge, like the ones you're going to find at Walmart or Target, stuff like that, those are all going to be pre-seasoned. Uh, but high, higher end ones like um, like Stargazer, who I've done some work with, uh, they they will sell you an unseasoned one. It's about $10 cheaper, but they do a really good job with their seasoning. And in my opinion, just pay the $10 and not have to worry about it. All right. So let's talk about that then. You got, uh, I'm let's say I'm new to to cast iron I'm, I'm, and cooking and whatnot and i want to get a cast iron skillet but i'm looking at skillets that are like you said 12 bucks and then i'm looking at cast iron skillets that are 200 dollars. you know for me i and now jeremy you have experience with high-end cast iron i don't but for me like my in my being a metal worker in my brain i'm looking at it going okay um i don't know what the big difference is between those two skillets. So the really big difference is how they're finished. Um, it's just like any pan. You can buy um, a cheap pan and you can buy an expensive pan. The expensive pan is going to be nicer. It's the same thing with cast iron. Um, uh, I'll speak on on Stargazer because those are the ones I work with the most. Uh, what's going to differentiate like a Stargazer from like a Lodge? A Lodge is going to be about 15 bucks for a 10 inch. Um, a Stargazer, I think, is like 80 or 90 for a 10 inch skillet. Um, and the difference is, is that the stargazer is machine finished. So it's perfectly smooth and flat on the bottom. And then their seasoning is not rough. So, I mean, you could slide your hand over it and you would think it was stainless steel. It's that slick. And what that means is that, uh, um, it's going to be more naturally nonstick than a lodge pan would be. Um, because if, if you've ever, if you ever grabbed a piece of cast iron and it just felt rough in your hand, that's, 
Yeah. Yes, uh, it, because it wasn't machine finished. They they cast it in sand. You know, they pour the uh, the molten um, cast iron into a mold, and then they just break it out and spray some uh, some seasoning on it, and that's how Lodge does their stuff. Whereas someone like Stargazer, or I know Matt, you've worked with Finex, uh, they machine finish and polish their stuff so that it's silky smooth on the inside. And then um, another big advantage of going with a higher end cast iron, um, I found is the handle. Um, lodges have these really short stubby handles that are really hard to grip. And, um, stargazer has a handle that's almost three times as long as a lodge one. So it doesn't get as hot as fast and they're really easy to move around. Um, and then I know Matt, you, you have the fine X and they have those really cool coil handles, right? Yeah. The only, and I will say for anybody who hasn't seen the fine X, it's shaped almost like a spring in the handles and, uh, they do successfully, you know, stay cooler or dissipate heat quicker, uh, but they are a little bit of a pain in the rear to clean. That's the only thing I'll say I'll about them. Those, but just cracks. don't get the handle messy and you'll be all yeah. right. But is I think the, those are going to be the, the, the big differences between a low end and a high end cast iron pan. Is the yeah. Stargazer? Also, Go ahead. Hmm? I was going to say there's machine finishing, but I think Stargazer is even doing some hand finishing where they're hand sanding the final finish on those. Yeah. And that's so, what you're paying for is the time. Yeah. So, so I know there's, it, it goes from the foundry where they're poured. Then it goes to the machine finishes where like a CNC machine finishes the inside of it. And then it goes to a hand sander and that guy will feel it with his hands to find any little burrs and he will, um, whole hand sand them off with like a power sander and finish the whole inside uh, with the final sanding. And, and then it gets um, seasoned. Okay. So, Go ahead. So my question was with the Stargazer, we, we've only ever cooked with Lodge or Wagner um, cast iron, which Wagner is an old set that my aunt gave me. Um, but the Stargazer, is that a cast iron, like a whole piece of cast iron handle? Yeah, like the it's, Lodge? Yeah, yeah, it's not piece yeah. of yeah, one. So it's a, it's a cast, yeah. but Refinex is a totally different material handle. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like it's stainless, stainless and brass. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is your thoughts on that? Like, what would you prefer? Personally, I like the Stargazer because it's just one piece and it's a little easier to clean. Uh, but I haven't worked with the Finex a lot, so I can't say that with authority. It's just kind of my thoughts on viewing the two. So yeah. I think there's there's pros and cons to each. There's pros and cons to each. Now, is Finex come in seasoned? Yes. Like the yeah, Lodge is? Okay. So most mm-hmm. of the time, you know, when you, you're going to buy a uh, cast iron skillet. Most of the time it's going to be seasoned. You can season it yourself. Super easy. Um, Hang on. I want to back up real quick. Um, Cause I don't think we really, we, we talked about everything, but I want to finish out this topic is, do you think you guys who have used both, do you think honestly that it's worth it? Do you think like if, if maybe not for a beginner, that's kind of what I'm picking up. But do you think that the higher end cast irons are worth the money over one that I can go get for twenty? We're buying bucks? a lodge and then a nice bottle of bourbon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I just looked it up. Uh, the Finex ten inch skillet is one hundred and seventy five dollars from Finex. Mm-hmm. Um, the lodge or the uh, the Stargazer is ninety, and the lodge you're looking at about fifteen dollars. Uh, for a first time buyer, I would say get the Stargazer at 90 um, because this is something you're going to use a lot and it's better just to have an amazing experience with it and have all of those extra features. Um, because if you get a lodge and you just crack an egg into like a brand new lodge skillet, it's going to stick to the bottom of that. Yeah. You need to put something in there. Whereas if you get a Stargazer, you crack an egg in there, it's going to slide around there like it's on skates. I mean, it's not even, it's not even going to touch the pan. It's just, wow. it's just going to be all over the place. So are you, when you're cooking your eggs, do you, you typically typically use your stargazer 
oh yeah, uh, we use our Stargazer stuff 90% of the time. I have some odds in it. Like I have um, Stargazer stuff. I have Lodge stuff. I have Lake Crusade. I have uh, Staub. Um, but you, my skillets, uh, normally the Stargazer are my go-to. Grilled cheese? Yeah, Stargazer. See, well, I, do, I do grilled cheese on our Lodge. Do but, you, you know, mm-hmm. and I, but I, I think you're right on that, Jeremy, because I feel like that uh, if you really, really want to get into cooking, and you have the the dough to make that investment, those skillets that you got, they're, they're mm. going to last the test of time. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, and, and like if you find you really love it and then, and then you discover uh, something really high end like Finex and you fall in love with like the style and the beauty of that pan, that's a great investment of your money too. But, you know, maybe out of the gate, not that huge investment. Yeah. If that makes sense. Okay. All right. So let's, y'all want to take a break real quick. And when we get on the other side of that, let's go ahead and talk about do's and don'ts cast iron. Y'all cool with that? Yep. Right. That sounds good. But before we go to break, I have an update in the, uh, in the kettlebell, um, <laughs> seasoning department. Uh, they, they text back and they wanted to know if they should use olive oil, coconut oil, or canola oil. I don't know if you guys wanted to weigh in on that. What uh, oil she should use? No, seed. Banana Motor oil. Seeds, Motor oil. Seed oil, maybe. Lotion. Yeah. Butter. Motor butter. oil. No, some, you know, uh, I told her I was kidding, and my sister's on this chat also, and she said she would have paid big money to see see her putting kettlebells into her <laughs> oven. So uh, it, it, it it would have been good, but you guys talked me out of it. Aww. Aww. You had to save her. Jeremy, he does he does that little little heart in there. All right, let's go to a break before we get too mushy. All right, <laughs> see you guys on the other side. Welcome back. Uh, thanks for sticking with us through the break. So now that we're back, we're going to talk about some do's and don'ts of cast iron. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this one out there. One thing I would absolutely never do with cast iron is throw it away. So, <laughs> <laughs> Joel and Stacy, you guys are telling us leading up to this show that you had a, a heritage uh, Wagner pan yep. that somehow made it into the dumpster. So what's going on? Tell with us that? about that. Stacey. Okay. So what went Tell on us. with that is we have several pieces mm-hmm. and and I feel terrible about this and I want it back so badly, but in the midst of moving and we had crap everywhere, we're digging this out. Our storage unit was full. We yeah. got to the point where here was my, my box with the last cast iron in there. I had an Again. already, would you please stop? I can't think, concentrate. <laughs> um, I had, you know, our stacks of skillets and stuff like that. Everything was packed up and boxed. And then here was this lone cast iron, which we have that same kind, but in a different size. Several different sizes. We had a this whole. One, it was it was part of a whole set. So of like talking about little bitty ones, you know, for like desserts and stuff, mm-hmm. on up to like a full ten inch. And we had nowhere to put it. Cars are full. Storage units full. And finally, I'm like, just just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. So he throws it up there in the box, the crushed up box up there by our trash pickup. And I forgot about it. And I feel really really guilty about this. But Joel's sister ended up coming by to pick up some things that she wanted that we were giving away. And she's digging through the trash. And, and she was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to take this cast iron skillet. She goes, your trash is my treasure. She goes, your trash is my treasure. Yeah. And now. Wait you, wait, you guys said you were moving. Was this like recently or like a long time ago? This is recently. 
Okay, no, no, like the way you had told it earlier, I thought this was like a long time ago before you knew. Oh, yeah, me too. I didn't know this was like in the last couple. No, of weeks. this is last week. This happened last yes. week, man. This oh, makes no. it so even, much worse. Even when so I knew we were going iron. to do a cast iron episode, I was like, just, just get rid of it. In her defense, man, it was like our house was giving birth to shit. It was just constant stuff coming out of the walls. So when I first no, packed no, up, like, like I, I can totally relate. Last time my wife and I moved, we like to collect uh, bricks of gold, like solid gold, and we had too many, so we just threw some away. <laughs> like, you know, we totally relate. Like, I will say, so I kind of went like really, really anal when we were packing up the house, and so it was like, okay, only bathroom towels are going in this box, and only you know this from this closet, only cleaning supplies here, and so I got really, really organized with the packing, and then at the end there was about seven boxes worth of stuff that was just going to be random shit and I couldn't stand it anymore and we had nowhere to put it and finally I'm like I don't know what to do with all this stuff Yeah, just get rid of it I'm done Stop. we already have this in other sizes <laughs> and now I severely severely regret it I don't know how to get it back well it's fine it's in the family still I'll get it back alright moving on we don't throw cast iron away right guys now, yeah. no, ha- like, hands? I have to say like this belongs to your sister now like you can't take that back you threw it away like I think it's hers she don't know what to do with it. I'm taking it back. She won't even know. Oh, did, did I'll go in her. Cook? I'll go in her cabinet and I'll pull it out. And if she really she, wants it back, I'll give it back. She kind of cooks. I'll put a lodge oh, okay. back in its place. There you go. <laughs> a brand new we'll lodge. Just do like this, like the, like I'll like say, the, look, this one's brand new. You no, know, Indiana Jones, like the switcheroo. Like at the same time, you know, got just. That's what I'm doing. Carefully do it. She's gonna pull it out with friends and be like, "This is a vintage skillet from my grandparents." Yes, it's seasoned itself too. Heck, I'll get her a bottle of wine, a twenty dollar bill, and some Mountain Dew. She'll be great. She'll be happy. I mean that with all respect too. She loves wine. She loves Mountain Dew. Who doesn't like a nice shiny new twenty dollar bill? So, uh, so the reason I like to keep poking at that is because, uh, I have a Wagner. It's a number eight, what they call a chicken fryer. It's basically a deep skillet, a high wall skillet. Mm -hmm. And it's probably my favorite piece that I've got that old Wagner. Like I said, they just don't make them like they used to. So I like to give you guys crap about it every chance I get. So (laughs) I've seen yours, Matt, and that that is a really cool piece. Yeah. Yeah. So going into the, you know, cast iron do's and don'ts and the care of it. Speaking of that Wagner that we she tossed in the trash, um, it's not a seasoned skillet. So it's an unseasoned skillet. What would be how would someone go through the process of properly seasoning a skillet? Do you cook on an unseasoned skillet right off the bat? Um, so like the seasoning process is different than like your day-to-day care and maintenance. Yeah. Like if you have an already seasoned skillet, cooking in it more, frying stuff in it, using oils in it, that's going to build up the seasoning and make it a better and better pan. But if you have a completely bare pan, that's a, that's a whole different process. Do you want to jump into that process right now or? I don't know. Showrunner. Do we want to jump into that now? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, th- there are a lot of different products, um, that that I've used to season my pans. Um, uh, Buzzy Wax comes to mind. Um, uh, Iron Empire has one. Uh, Matt, have you used any of those oils, uh, the, no. the wax ones? I use, no, none of the wax. I use either grapeseed oil or flaxseed oil just because yeah. I've already got it around. Now, why? Yeah, why would you use that over um, just some olive oil or some vegetable oil? Well, olive oil and vegetable oil have a very low burn point, so all you're going to do is have a bunch of burn crap on your skillet. Oh, they fine. can also go, certain question. oils can go rancid as well. So you don't, you want to steer away from anything that can go rancid. 
Yeah. And uh, the basics of how you would do it is you would clean, you would scrub that skillet really, really well. I'm talking soap and water, the whole the whole shebang get it as clean as you can possibly get it if you have some rust on there you could even use a wire brush to get that off you need that thing perfectly cleaned and um each each oil is going to be a little bit different if you're using one of the uh, one of the commercial products like i'm talking about one of the wax ones they're actually going to have instructions on there telling you uh, uh what temperature to put your oven at um you know for their specific compound of oils because okay. every oil has different has a different smoke point and, and you want to hit just below that oil smoke point you don't want to smoke the oil you want to get just below it but um essentially the process is you put the pan in the oven um upside down so that it can drain easily if there's any dampness on it uh put the oven in there or put it in there for about at about 350 degrees for about 30 minutes or so to warm the pan up. Yep. Pull it back out. Uh, bump your oven up to uh, different oil at different temps, uh, 450, 500 degrees. Usually it's around 500 or so. Uh, you put a very light coat of of that oil or that compound over the entire pan, inside, outside, the handle, the rim, everywhere gets a very very light coat. You pop that into a 500-degree oven now, and then you bake it for about an hour, hour and a half, whatever the instructions are for that specific oil. And then you turn the oven off, and you, lo- you let it slowly come back down to temperature, and that's one coat of seasoning. Um, usually from a manufacturer, you'll get two or three coats of seasoning. It just depends. Yeah. Uh, but generally speaking, that's the process of seasoning a bare cast iron pan. And and so I will say that sounds a little intimidating, but I would say 99% of the time, you're not going to have to worry about that process if you yes. buy one that's either already seasoned yeah. or if you're taking care of something that was either passed down to you that still has seasoning on it or something like that. As long as you take care of it, you don't let it get rusty, uh, that uh, seasoning will maintain itself through the mm-hmm. regular cooking and, and use of, of the skillet. So yeah, so yeah. say you want to skip that part, you already buy one that's seasoned. Do you have to do that process again at some point in the care and maintenance of your skillet? You, or that's you done? don't not if you do it you not don't if you keep it properly. To. You don't have to, but if you feel like your skillet, it, uh, if you're using it dry sometimes and you're not using enough oil in it, and you feel like it's kind of lost some of those nonstick qualities that you originally had with it, you can do another coat of seasoning anytime you want. It's never going to hurt the pan to do it a coat right. of seasoning on it. Or, or like if you leave it on the eye with the eye on high, <sighs> and then yeah. all the seasoning flakes off, and it's just bare metal when That's you right. come back to it. You're gonna I heard that smells really bad. Yeah. Well, you know, but it, it, it's a scientific <laughs> process. You probably probably don't know anything about. You know, but hey, it's, it's bringing it back to its, its original form. It's, do you guys ever have any fails, de-baking. or is it always shit on the lick lighters? <laughs> it's always shit on the lick lighters. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, I, I did reseason my stargazers, or I reseason them probably about every six months or so. But um, I, I had to reseason them after we did uh, Egg Fest in 2019 when we cooked like 300 tortillas over like open flame because yeah. they were just running on flame with nothing in them for like hours and hours. Yeah. And so the, the inside was perfectly fine because we had, uh, you know, real large tortillas in them, but the bottom where the flame Under- was just hitting it, yep. it got down to bare metal. And so I was like, okay, I'll just do a coat of seasoning on there just to, just to get the bottom. Because if you don't have seasoning on cast iron, it will rust when it's exposed to, uh, just normal, um, normal humidity and stuff like that. All right. Yep. So, so speaking of seasoning pro- process, there's also a cleaning process. That, maintenance and there's and there's a debate it's debatable on how people how people do this but there is a um a cleaning process that you can clean cast iron in different ways some people say that you just you know throw some coarse salt in there it's a little bit of oil and you scrub it out that does work good i've done it many times um 
you, some people even say it, even some cast iron manufacturers say you can use soap and water. But the, the, the debate on this is that if you use soap and water, that you're washing out that good flavor that's been baked into the cast iron. As long as you're not soaking it, is, is my understanding. If you're going to use soap, just wash and rinse and dry. Um, if you're expecting your cast iron pan to give you uh, actual flavor, uh, that's just a dirty-ass pan. <laughs> that's, but that's what that's what people say and really what is the seasoning is really the you know the coating and the the nonstick thing to me i take it i wash it with a little bit of dawn i use my little scrubby on there scrub all, all the bits super super easy wash it and rinse it really really well and i dry it immediately do you using soap on my cast irons yeah i do okay. i use i use soap in mine too Nope. Especially when uh, we're making mac and cheese I, and all those stuff. I never cheeses. like I, I never pour soap into my pan, but like after I've washed all the dishes from the night, like there'll still be a little bit of soap on the sponge. Yeah. And like I'll use the rough side of the sponge. And so like a little bit of soap will get in the pan, but like I'm not like squirting Dawn in there. Um, but what I also like to do is, is I scrape my pans first. So I use yeah. like my uh, my flat top spatula and just scrape the crap out of the pan because it's cast iron and it's super hard get all the little bits off and just give it a quick uh a, a quick scrub with like the rough side of the uh of, of the sponge and then i dry it immediately immediately like stacy does and then best practices i put it back on the burner and i heat it up again to evaporate any moisture, moisture. that's still on the pan and then i dry it again so what i do is while that thing is still hot this is, and I've done this for years. Is I will, especially if I have anything that's got like crusties or, or you know, on there, I take it straight over to the damn sink and I bust it with water while it's still hot. And that it, it, that steam and all that just, and everything you just deglaze the pan. It falls yeah, I, right off. I do the same thing. It's making me a little nervous that we're agreeing so much here, Joel. But <laughs> the only difference is, is that I leave mine on the hot eye and then I'll bring water over to it just like I was deglazing it, like Jeremy said. I got you. And that loosens up all that gross. You can take your uh, utensil you're using and scrape. But then the, I take mine over to the sink to rinse it at, at that point. And I've got what's called a chain mail scrubber. I don't know if yeah. you guys have seen yeah. that. It's just yeah. chain mail. Cool. Yeah. I take that, scrub it out, and then just wipe it out with uh, a paper towel. And then, you know, it's thin so coat easy oil that way. goes back in the skillet. Or yeah, in the he always cabinet. puts oil on it. Even, you know, when I, even when I use a little bit of the soap, rinse it, dry it or whatever then Joel usually comes up behind me and d applies the oil. Yeah, but I didn't know that the, that the and I'm glad I know now, but I did not know that the oils could go rancid. I mean, but I guess oh, we're, yeah. we're cooking with it more often than not. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I, I'll, maybe we're not giving them enough time to do that, but I always just use a little a thin coat of olive oil on it. Yeah. Matt, have you ever taken the seasoning off the bottom of your pan by deglazing it when it's super hot? Because I've done no. that. No. So that's the thing is I'm not leaving it on the hot eye the way that Joel was talking about where it's getting so hot that it's the seasoning is like flaking it off. It happened one time. <laughs> one yeah, time. no, no. I'm not talking about like totally screwing up like Joel. I'm just saying like, you know, normally deglazing the pan. Um, <laughs> like, 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 like I've had like seasoning come off n not like in flakes but just like you could tell it, it was more worn after deglazing in the pan whereas like you know if you have like a stainless steel pan and you deglaze it that thing is just slick as a whistle it looks so great like yeah. everything comes right off but like th there's no seasoning on a um on, on a, a yeah on a stainless pan uh and, and that's why i 
don't deglaze. Like if you were in a medium to medium low heat, like I think that would be fine. But if you're like at a higher heat, um, you could definitely do a little bit of damage to your um, to your seasoning if you deglaze it with uh, with water or something. Would you agree with that? Or yeah, if you let the pan get out of control hot and then throw that in there where it's just going to be like you know like in, instant steam you're probably going to do some damage but i'm i'm more like medium like you said medium medium high at the highest end yeah. and usually only for like 4 or 5 minutes before i'm throwing water in okay oh now there's where we differ matt because i'm like <laughs> full steam facial <laughs> yeah um in like you guys are using lodge pans they're their seasoning is sprayed on mm-hmm. and then baked into it. It's a little bit harder than a seasoning you would have on like a um, on like a Finex or a Stargazer. It's not baked into it. It's more like baked onto it. Um, so it could probably stand up a little bit differently to super high heat uh, deglazing. There you go. I've done the same thing on the Finex and the Stargazer. I've got both of those yeah. too and haven't had any issues so far. You've heated it up to as hot as it will go, and then had the steam oh. immediately evaporate. Now, That's what no. I'm talking about. it's not no. as yeah. hot as it'll go. I mean, it's like I get done <laughs> cooking my dish, there. and then I go over and I bust that shit out. Yeah. Man, <laughs> um, but the so I want to ask this though. So I don't worry about. Everyone talks about, and Jeremy, you hit on this a second ago. You said it'd be as a dirty ass pan. Everyone says that the you know cast iron. You, that you don't do this because it holds on to all those good flavors. And to me, that's kind of gross. Um, and that's why when I do it like that, you, I, I've noticed at times I do lose a little bit of that seasoning and then I oil it up and I get it back, you know, where it needs to go. But I remember early in my cast iron career that I did <laughs> some fried fish. Cast iron career. Hey, whatever. It rolls off the tongue. But I did, I, I fried some fish. And then emptied the oil out, wiped it out, rinsed it, all that stuff. And then the next thing I cooked tasted like fish. And I said, I'm never doing that again. So, like, I don't really want my cast iron, in my opinion. You guys, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want it hanging on to every flavor I put in there. You know, no, I just want it to act just, like a cooking utensil. That's just a dirty pan. That's like yeah. cooking your Oreos with bacon <laughs> and it holding on to the bacon flavor in the cream. So mm. th- that's, but that's the, that's the thing though. People that aren't, are new to cast iron. That's one of the main reasons they get it. Cause they get, especially country people like me that say, Hey, well, you got to get that cast iron. It holds on to all those years of good flavor. If great grandma's biscuits were made in there and I could still taste them to this day, you know, that kind of crap. So, but that's, yeah. that's what needs to be. De- I'd agree. That's crap. <laughs> that's what needs to be debunked though, is the fact that you don't want your cast iron holding on to previous foods flavor. So without yeah. overwhelming people, I wanted to bring people back. You know, you're going to buy a $15 cast iron, a 10 inch per Jeremy. Mm. It's already seasoned. When you clean it, you're just going to rinse it. Use soap if you want, rinse it all off. Make sure you dry it off completely so it doesn't rust and apply oil. I, I have a big jug of grapeseed oil and I just put a little dab in the middle of the skillet and then I wipe it down inside and out on the handle the, the key thing there is you don't want to use too much oil before you put it up or it can get gummy on you. So yeah. you want to put it like 
you you wipe it on, and then I usually will flip over to like a dry part of the paper towel and wipe as much of it back off as I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Less almost is like more putting there. lotion yep. on your skin. It you want it to just kind of <laughs> absorb a little bit, and then you don't want to be slimy. It puts the oil on its steel. But why grapeseed oil? Because it doesn't uh, doesn't go, go rancid. Doesn't but go which rancid. ones go rancid? I think it, all no, oil can go rancid. No, any organic oil can go rancid. Um, the only ones that won't will be like a mineral oil, which you would never put that on a pan. That'd be disgusting because um, it's like a um, actually it, it, it's like a man-made product. Um, but any organic material can go rancid. But something like uh, grapeseed oil with a super high um, smoke point uh, will have a less chance of going rancid uh, than something like uh, olive oil. Okay. All right. Well, that's yeah. um. But it, but like whereas olive oil will go rancid in like three months, like grapeseed oil might not go rancid for like two years or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, and don't don't put your cast iron in the dishwasher, ever. No, oh, yeah, no, no. But that is a good point if, to if make. If you take anything from today, take that tip. Yeah. Don't give it away. <laughs> don't give it away. Give it away. Get away now. And don't throw it away. <laughs> don't throw it away. Throw it away. <laughs> and don't put it in the dishwasher. And do not soak them. Yeah. No okay. I, I just want to talk for a second. Um, one by one, I want to know what are your what's your favorite thing to cook in cast iron? You can say two if you want. Uh, food. Ha 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 ha. Well, hey, be a team player, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two. I'll start. So okay. I am a huge fan of cast iron Dutch ovens. I've got a pretty good collection of those going now. Um, freshly baked bread in a Dutch oven, you just can't beat it. Yeah. Uh, if, if I had to go with a skillet, like I, I know Jeremy, you're real big on, uh, baking your bacon, but mm-hmm. I think there's just, you can't beat bacon in a cast iron skillet. It just yeah. crisps up differently, you know? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a pan seared steak with like a pan sauce, like a steak au poivre or something is mm-hmm. a fantastic dish that you can make in a, uh, a cast iron and then um, one of our favorite breakfast items is uh, is cooked up in the in the uh, the ten inch cast iron, which is a Dutch baby. I've had your Dutch babies; they are delicious. Mm-hmm. You ate my Dutch baby. I you did. had my Dutch baby in your mouth. All in my yep. mouth. I like. I just lost it. Holy smokes! Well, I got two. I have two things. One is smoked nachos. Um, love getting just loading down that cast iron skillet um, and. Smoking a good p- p- pan of uh, of nachos. But what was I going to say? Holy crap. Oh, that gum. Country fried steak. That's one of the first things I ever started cooking in my cast iron was country fried steak. And it's it's fantastic. I make the gravy. I make the, uh, you know, cook the, I cook the steak, leave the oils and the little bits in the bottom that make the gravy on top of that. And it's freaking fantastic. Okay. So my fa- one of the, my favorite things, of course, is when we're camping you already mentioned it was yep. our cast iron nachos, um, either heating them up over the fire or the pit barrel, whatever. Um, another thing that I really enjoy our cast iron for is when you're cooking a nice, um, when you're cooking up our steak bites. So for like the kids, mm-hmm. what's really great about cooking them in the cast iron is he, he cuts up the back strap really, really small and they get crispy bits of flavor all cause that, that hot skillet, uh, every little bite of steak has that crispy bits of flavor, so it's super delicious. And it gets a good sear on it. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I do want to say that I want to dabble with is doing a cast iron pizza, which we have not done yet. We haven't. But that get a nice. Did you, you like deep dish pizza? 
I'm a, I'm a New you York go, you style. Go, you go eat some deep dish pizza. It, so is cast iron pizza deep dish? No, it doesn't have to be. Okay. It's more, it's up you can to do you. it like a hand tossed. Yeah. It's okay. just like your cast iron is basically, you can use it almost like a cookie sheet. It's just a cookie sheet with like sides on it that holds heat a little better. That's so it's however you do. do the dough is what's going to determine how deep the dish is. Okay. Well, that's something that we're definitely going to have to dabble with. Um, we do. So. We should, we should talk in the future, like what doughs would hold up better in a cast iron. From the we should do a pizza episode. We should do a pizza episode. Should, so you're the pizza. That's so crazy. We that's should do it. like a sourdough episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to sneak it in, Jeremy. You can't just say it. <laughs> I'm okay, going to hit it right well, in its face with a big old hammer. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've barely scratched the surface on this topic. I know myself, I feel like we're, we barely talked about all the things that we wanted to. There's so many in-depth things that we could have went into on this. Guys, if you're listening to this, let us know if you think that we should revisit this topic. You know, there's so many different things that we could bring up, especially mm-hmm. the food aspect of it and some recipes. So, you know, shoot us a message. Let us know. Uh, your feedback is definitely needed as to what we decide to revisit again. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to take a break. And when we get back, we have a special competitor coming on for 22 and 2. You're not going to want to miss this. I'm going to be fired up. Fired up. Let's get fired up. See you on the flip side. Chris, my man, welcome to the TRP podcast, bro. What's up, baby? What's going on? What you doing? You fired up? I'm so fired up right now. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, Swiss? What's up, guys? Actually, my daughter's asleep, but this is like the only way I could get her to sleep in the last 20 months is to take her on a car ride, so... You know, really just killing the parent game on that one. Yeah, you're crushing it. Survival mode. You have to do what you got to (laughs) do. So, so what's going on, guys? So, man, you are going to be playing twenty-two and two. It's a segment we've been playing around with on a few podcasts, and I'm just going to tell you, bro. um, So far, the crew is undefeated. So, uh, Matt will break that down for you a little bit here in a second. But uh, real quick, though, dude, like uh, everybody that's listening right now, um, tell them like how they can find you on Instagram, dude, because I love watching your page, watching your stories. Like you're a, a funny ass guy and um, it's a lot of fun to watch you. So tell everybody real quick how they can uh, look you up. I appreciate that. So you can find me on Instagram at cooking with Swiss. And now there's no G in cooking the way I spell it because I'm illiterate. So you can find that C O O K I N S W I S S cooking with Swiss on Instagram, baby. Dude, you've been cr- are you still are you still on the steak train right now? You still been crushing steaks? You know, I, I don't think you ever leave the steak train. That's you know, true. it's it's kind of part of my DNA now. <laughs> How many steaks did you do in a row? Oh, I did thirty. Oh, that's what it was. Thirty. Oh 30, thirty days you know, of steak, bro. <laughs> yeah. I got to the point my wife would pay me to end the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> she, I she, want she, some chicken. She, 
She was so miserable. She was like, seriously, let me guess tonight's steak. I was like, how'd you know? (laughs) (laughs) Heck yeah, dude. So I remember before, like I did this challenge, I put up a poll on my story and I was like, Hey, does anybody want to see a 30 day steak challenge? And I had, I was like, 299 people say yes. And I had one person say no. And it was my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, dude. Well, man, I'm going to pass you off to, uh, to Matt right now. And he's going to break down how this segment's going to go. And then we'll get this train rolling. All right. Awesome. So before we get started, Chris, I know your name is Chris. I feel like I have to call you Swiss. Is it all right if I call you Swiss or do I have to call yeah, you Chris? Dude, whatever's easy for you. Swiss. <laughs> Swiss cool. All right, Swiss. So the way this is going to work, uh, you're going to have two minutes to get through as many of these questions as possible. I've got 22 possible questions for you to answer. Uh, you're going to pick somebody from the crew before we get started to face off against. So whoever you pick is going to take their headphones off and step out of the room. We're going to run through these, see how many you can get get through and get right. And then we'll bring uh, that crew member back in, run them through the same questions. Whoever gets the most right wins. Now, Swiss, I feel like I got to tell you here, nobody from TRP has ever lost. And the other thing is you're not penalized for uh passing on questions i feel like that's something that i've really got to I tell you to give you a heads up if you don't know the answer it's probably in your best interest to pass on it pretty quick and we'll circle back around to anything you pass on so okay, do you have any awesome. questions before we get started uh has anybody not participated on y'all side yet yes jeremy okay. has not been challenged yet okay, and neither cool. has matt I've got the questions. You can't pick me. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm ready. I'm ready to take Jeremy down. Oh, so you're, oh! you're picking Jeremy. Oh, Let's go, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going for that guy. I'm going to pop his cherry. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I got pop his cherry. Shit. Cool. All right. Uh, so, Jeremy, go ahead that. and pull your headphones off and step out. Uh, I'm going to get the questions and answers over to Stacy so she can help me keep up with how many you get right, and then we'll get started. So give us just a minute to get set up. Sure right, thing. Cool. I'm going to go ahead and hang up on the call and then just message me when you want me to jump back in. Cool. All right. So, Jeremy is now off of the call. He gone. Dude, Sorry. Swiss, no pressure, bro. This guy yeah, is- dude. Feel free to like help me out, you know, because we got we got to beat that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I, I see what he's saying. We gotta we gotta take Jeremy down a notch on this yeah, one. Yeah. Is this really about me losing right, or so, Jeremy losing? So here here we go. Here's all the answers to the questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just tell him now without Jeremy on the call. That would be hilarious. <laughs> hey, let me let me go. Let me go. Twenty two and zero. Yeah. Just, I mean, he just, just bang with him. He just banging him out. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah, I'm nervous. Let's do this. All right, baby. All right. Just so I know, uh, do I need to watch my language? No. <laughs> no. All right, let's fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready to go? Fuck yeah, baby. Okay. Right. <laughs> we'll go ahead and start the timer. Here we go, guys. Good luck. Ready, right. set, go. How many stripes are on the American flag? 13. What was Dr. Frankenstein's first name? Bass. 
True or false, distilled spirits don't contain any cholesterol, carbohydrates, or fats of any kind. True. Old Crow was the name brand for the first what in 1835? Yes. What was the best-selling whiskey worldwide in 2019? Uh, shit. Uh, Jack Daniels. What famous actor's mask does Michael Myers wear in the original Halloween movie? What famous actor's mask? I don't know, pass. Which previous That Reload podcast guest calls peaches one of his favorite foods? Can't see it, pass. What was the name of the egg that famously fell off the wall? Humpty Dumpty. If you add 17 to 35, what do you have? 17 to 35. Is that 52? What two primary colors mix together to make green? Uh, yellow and orange. I mean, yellow and red, yellow and red. Guising is the Scottish and Irish equivalent of what Halloween tradition? Bobbin for apples. What whiskey requirement is a cooper responsible for making? Uh, say the question again. What whiskey requirement is a cooper responsible for making? Pass. What legendary person is responsible for the creation of Daniel Tiger and his neighborhood? Mike. Oh. Daniel Tiger. Mike. What's his? Um. Pass. What famous famous magician died on Halloween? Oh. Oh. Are you Dini? Did he get the last one? He got it. it, I'm going to give him the last one. Yeah. So let's let's bring Jeremy back on and then we'll tell you, uh, Swiss, how well you did. Did I get any of those right? <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> yeah, we got we, we got one. Yeah, baby. <laughs> proud, proud, proud those of that were, one. Bro, dude, those were hard. Like, <laughs> that, I don't know if it's my <laughs> I don't know if it's my state of mind right now or what, but those those were hard to do. I I, I kind of like I lost service, guys. I couldn't hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> Good job, Swiss. Man, that was a lot harder than I thought. It was be. I was like trying to think of like. All type of food like answers and questions. I'm just gonna tell uh, yeah. you, every one of our 22 and twos have have questions on primary colors, and everybody gets it wrong. I was trying to think like what? It's like fractions. I was like trying to think what the hell the answer was. I was like, I was like, I'm like, what colors are the primary colors? I was like, I don't know. What, what, uh, the math question. Did I get that one right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Thank you, God. Was it subtracted? Yeah, I'm a math man. I'm like Rain Man over here, okay? All right. So when Jeremy gets asked his questions, you just like yeah. you just can't say anything. Perfect. Okay. And we're gonna hear his, and then at, afterwards, uh, Matt will go through the correct. Yeah. Answers. So he's uh, now we got uh, there. He yo, is. yo, yo. So Jeremy is back. Uh, do we, are we gonna tell him how many he got right? Yeah, he's got to know. Like okay. I do. Did, did I he get one? Sh- so let me tell two. you this first. Uh, <laughs> Chris, you made it through 14 of the 22 answers. Respectable. Stacy, awesome. how many did you get right? He got six right. Dang. I know. That, like, right. that, now, Swiss, that doesn't sound like a lot, but in in the past, that's a that's a solid number. That's a good number. Six is a solid number. I think that's All the right. most any guest has ever got. I think you're right. But, any, any, but not a crew member. That's right. Stacy, because yeah. Stacy crushed it. Uh, 
Sorry, guys. All right, Jer- Jeremy, bro. Not going to lie. You got your work cut out for you on this one. Yep. Oh, uh, man. Hopefully they're not all sports ball questions. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I had known. I wish I had known he was going to pick What baseball right, team is in Atlanta? Pass. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Are you ready what to go? bright orange team plays football in Knoxville, Tennessee? Pass. I don't know. Pass. Chattanooga. Chattanooga. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeremy, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, brother. Good luck. Here we go. Ready, set, go. How many stripes are on the American flag? 13. What was Dr. Frankenstein's first name? Victor. True or false, distilled spirits don't contain any cholesterol, carbohydrates, or fats of any kind. True. Old Crow was the name brand for the first what in 1835? Bourbon? What was the best-selling whiskey worldwide in 2019? Uh, Jack Daniels. What famous, what famous actor's mask does Michael Myers wear in the original Halloween movie? pass which previous that reload podcast guest calls peaches one of his favorite foods lou kittrell what was the name of the egg that famously fell off the wall humpty dumpty if you add 17 to 35 what do you have 52 what two primary colors mixed together to make green yellow and red Guising is the Scottish and Irish equivalent of what Halloween tradition? Uh, getting drunk. What whiskey requirement is a cooper responsible for making? The barrels. What legendary person is responsible for the creation of Daniel Tiger and his neighborhood? Repeat the question. Which legendary person is responsible for the creation of Daniel Tiger and his neighborhood? I don't know. Pass. Which famous magician died on Halloween? Um, um, Merlin, the magician. If you buy a Sin Butter hat, what's thrown in at no extra cost? Uh, a koozie. What's 75 divided by 5? Uh, 25? No. <laughs> Okay, well, I do have a question before we make a tally. Holy smokes. Um, Question number four said Old Crow was the name brand for the first what in 1835? Mm -hmm. Jeremy said bourbon, and the answer is whiskey. Yeah. I think I'm going to be a stickler on that one. I I wouldn't count that one. That's different, yeah. Okay. My God, we're tallying everything up. Swiss, are you nervous? Um, I I think I know who won. (laughs) <laughs> all right jeremy you got nine correct oh! you tie me for the most correct answers man yo straight up all right so do we want to go over some of the correct answers on this i just want to point out that we did it we we won again i'm sorry swiss you got wrecked bro yeah. <laughs> should, should I, I let should... swiss know what he's won yeah swiss for participating today you have won any any tank of reload rub seasoning as long as it's double action and a specialty TRP co- our, uh, coaster. Oh baby, that's a lot. I need some double action in my life, so I'm pretty fired up. 
I'm glad you chose that one out of all the tanks. Yeah. Oh. So rather than going through the all the questions and answers, let me hit a couple that I think neither one of you guys got right, just so that we can make sure that the listeners know the right answers. So what famous a- actor's uh, mask does Michael Myers wear in the original Halloween movie? He's actually wearing a William Shatner mask. So a little bit of Halloween oh. trivia for you. Huh. Psycho. Uh, <laughs> What two primary colors mixed together to make green? Neither of you guys got this. I can't believe it. It's yellow and blue. I think both oh, of you said yeah. red. Yeah. <laughs> I knew we were both wrong. <laughs> I said red and yellow, and then I was like, that makes orange. That's not right, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what what legendary person's responsible for the creation of Daniel Tiger and his neighborhood? I threw you some context clues there. It was Mr. Rogers. I don't even know who Daniel Tiger yeah. is. Oh, it's the worst show ever. I would not have that. <laughs> yeah, you have little kids. How do you not know who Daniel Tiger is? Uh, you want to talk about Disney characters? Come on, let's talk about princesses all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's I like question number 22 that nobody reached. I think you need to, don't even t- say it. That needs to be on another one. It's, well, you, that's the, it, it's so the same one it. every time. Really? The yeah, last... We're not going to give it out. I'm not going to give it to anybody, though. Okay. All right. Casey's seen I'm... it. I've just seen it now. I haven't seen it. But like, I'll tell you guys off air. You know, okay. I'll, you know no, that's not fair because then you'll have an advantage. If you ever make it to answer 22, uh, the Freebie. question is, what podcast are you on right now? Oh, shit. So 22 is a little bit of a gimme if you can get all the way there. I was going to say, uh-huh. I, my ass is never getting there. That's pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pass everyone. <laughs> yeah. Just pass to get the one gimme. <laughs> Wait, you, you, you answered CRP. It's like, no, sorry. We were looking for that reload podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Swiss man, dude, uh, appreciate you coming on, bro. You're, you're always fun to talk to and everything. Um, hope you enjoy your double action, but tell everybody one more time. Um, how they can find you and how they can follow you, buddy. Thanks, guys, for having me on. You can find me on Instagram at Cooking with Swiss. Had a great time, and I really appreciate it. All right, my man. We'll talk to you later. Y'all have a good one. See you, buddy. Hey, see you, man. Cooking with Swiss, everybody. That was we fun. Need, we need to have him on for um for another episode at some point because I love talking to that guy. Oh, yeah. He's fired he's up. He's guy to talk to. Oh, yeah. I want to hear more about 30 Days of Steak. Yeah. Oh, bro, it was epic. I, I mean, I watched the whole like, uh, you know, it was it, epic watching him do it. And yeah, his it was. Favorite seasoning for the steaks. I'm not even are kidding. Magnum. I've never seen somebody have so much daggum steak every so much day. red meat. Oh man. And his hair. If you don't follow him, oh, you need to just glorious. follow him for his hair. His just check out his yeah, hair. Yeah, just, just for hair tips. Yeah. yeah. Guys, what's that? what? Look at this. Cool. We are three for three on twenty-two and two, undefeated. <laughs> Yeah. Who is going to challenge us next? I don't know. Who do you think? If you guys feel like you want to challenge one of us, you know you're going to win something. That's right. Come on in. Give us a holler at that Reload Podcast on Instagram. If you think you got the huevos to challenge us, do as she just said. That's right. All right. Time to take a break. On the other side, we are going to do Rapid Fire with Jeremy and Reload Recommends with Joel. See you on the other side. Welcome 
Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. We are going to jump into rapid fire questions. All right, guys, tonight, let's do a little different. Let's go Joel, Matt, Stacy. Okay. First question of the night. What is the most important ingredient in the kitchen? Joel. Garlic. Matt. Thyme. Not the herb, but thyme as in thyme. (laughs) Ah, (laughs) I get it. Stacy. Sea salt. Sea salt. Cool. I had butter. Oh. Mm -hmm. All good answers. Mm, I should let you guys know that I did listen to Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential this week, so... (laughs) Great. You're going to get a lot of questions about that book. (laughs) And this is one of them. All right, guys, next question. In a world where superheroes are outlawed, would you still fight crime, even though doing so makes you a criminal? Joel. Yes. Justice. I'm so... I'm so... It's like a... Like you're... You're breaking my brain, man. You're breaking my brain. Uh, I'm going to say no. Okay, no. No. Stacy? No, I always follow the rules. Who are you people? Justice. Just so you guys know. You're breaking the rules. Just so you guys know, this is literally the plot to The Incredibles. Yes. Yes, it is. Except they they all sided with Joel, so. Yep. And one. You're so incredible. I'm pretty awesome. Mr. Incredible over there. That's right. Are you for or against daylight savings joel against that hard against i think it should go away stacy four i kind of like the differences um i kind of like the breaking up like sometimes it gets dark really really early in the cold months and then when it's summer it stays light later i like it i enjoy it uh matt and joel you might enjoy living in arizona or hawaii because neither of those states observe daylight savings yeah hey Moving. Next one, guys. What temperature do you cook ahi tuna to? Joel. I don't cook it. Just eat it. So hard pass. No. Matt? Yeah, I've never cooked it either. I know it's supposed to be rare, though. No, you I've, basically just sear the outside. I've cooked it. I'm just, I don't, He's I don't, saying I don't, eat it rare. I don't temp it. I literally sear on both sides, pull it off, eat that shit. Yeah, that's, that's my answer, too. Whenever we cook it, we, you know... We do a little glaze, mm-hmm. some a hard uh, sear on all the sides with some sesame seeds, and it's rare on the inside. It's that was a the trick question, and you, yeah, that was a trick question, and you guys all got it right. Yes! Woo! Hey, hi, high five, cyber high five. I don't like I don't like ahi tuna cooked all the way through. It's gross. No, it's pointless. All right, what sport would you theme your child's birthday party after, Joel? Football. That's actually the answer. It's football, touchdown, you're one. <laughs> <laughs> Next so, question. <laughs> uh, Matt, you can answer if you want to, but Joel already crushed it. So, I, cr- I, I, I mean, I would do baseball personally, but that's just that's just a me thing. Stacy, Bowling. Bowling? Hey, bowling oh. parties are fun. A bowling alley party is fun. Mm-hmm. Joel, you're especially going to like this question. Mm. If you're too lazy to peel your own garlic, do you even deserve garlic? No. Joel. Matt. No. Stacy. No. I know where you're going. That is a direct quote from from, uh, Anthony Bourdain. Oh. (laughs) All right. Name one thing that is considered trashy if you're poor, but classy if you're rich. Examples would be day drinking or living in Florida. Joel. Oh, shit. Uh, Freaking, I don't... uh... 
<laughs> I, I, I'm not rich, so I don't know these things. <laughs> I'm hard pass. I don't know. All right, Matt, you got one? Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. Maybe. I don't know, man. I like being last. <laughs> I like thinking, thinking things. <laughs> Stacy, Slick, you going to save this one? I can't think of one. I can't. I, I need time. Hang on. Uh, I don't know. Blow off, of, blow of, off more, of a hooker's like, ass? Maybe. I don't know. Like, uh, like not having an address. You know, if you're poor, that's not good. But if you're rich, it's because you have so many places to live. You know, like, it's stuff uh, like that. We're not that witty, Jeremy. Okay. Well, I guess that one was a bust. Yeah. <laughs> not having a last name? What about that? Like you're like the Duke of something instead, or you just are homeless. Like, and don't have a name. <laughs> like you just have one name. Having kids, having kids with multiple partners, paying for sex, <laughs> <laughs> paying for sex. <laughs> that's, that's a good one right there. <laughs> that is true. Hey, we, all right, guys. We'll next one. That. Do you serve shrimp scampi over pasta, Joel? No, Matt. I don't serve shrimp scampi. Oh, it's so good. Why? I'm the only one in my house that'll eat shrimp. Wow. And serve yourself, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Treat yourself. Treat yourself. (laughs) No, I like I like I don't like my shrimp scampi on top of the pasta. I like it separated. You gotta keep it separated. Uh, the correct answer there is no that's effing preposterous if you need pasta then your shrimp scampi sauce is sucks next question Joel yes will Stacy will Stacy ever make sourdough no Matt no and that brings us to the final question of the night <laughs> guys are reload rubs the greatest seasonings of all time Joel was I incredibly hung over today Jeremy absolutely Matt Yes, of course. And Stacy. Oh, you took you took mine. I was gonna say, was my did my husband drink entirely way too much bourbon last night? Yes, he did. And there we have it. Joel, pass it over to you. All right, guys, it's time. You know that time that you wait for for the entire podcast. The time that's better than Jeremy's time. It's time now for my segment, Reload Recommends, where we recommend things that are badass to you. So let's get right into it. Reload Recommendations, Recommendations, Reload. Yeah. No? Yeah. Blank stairs? Good. Okay. Nailed it. That's right, guys. So we're going to get into this today. We got some good recommendations, I hope. We're going to go Matt first, Stacy second, Jeremy third, and round things out with yours truly, Let's get into it right now. Matt, what you got, buddy? All right. So this week for Matt's music, I have Tulsa, Oklahoma-based indie folk band called Wild Dorado. So from their 2018 EP called Favors, this is a song called Siren. So if you guys, yeah, I was going to say, if you follow me on Instagram, I've been jamming to this song for the past couple of weeks. I've storied about it a couple of times, done the, uh, you know, the Spotify integration with IG. So uh, it's a, it's a fantastic song. I love it. It's one of those you just turn all the way up with the windows down and just drive. 
Dude, all your recommendations are always good. I can't wait to listen to that one. Stacy, what you got, girl? My recommendation is a little tip. Ooh. <laughs> you ever found yourself with a bad case of the hiccups? Why, yes. Yes, I have. All the time. Okay. Sorry, Matt. You can't do this. Actually, he might be able to. Can, yeah. you, eat, can you eat peanut butter? Yes. Stacy has to tell you all the time I can eat peanuts because they're not tree nuts. Okay. okay. They're legumes. Just can't eat all peanut right. butter. Next time you've got a case of the hiccups, get a spoon, open your jar of peanut butter, scoop it out, and take a big bite of peanut butter. Eat it. They're gone. It works. Every time. Oh, really? 60% of the time, it works every time. And I want to know, when you guys try this, I want to know that it works. It's not... It, and I want you to thank me. Yes. It's not a, just a bite. You got to get you a whopping... Spoonful. A whopping spoonful. Fill the mouth up. Yep. Just as... as Do you know why it works? I don't. It works, though. you're, like, gagging yourself on peanut butter and... Like, <laughs> 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 what was that hand motion one more time? <laughs> <laughs> you screenshot Sorry. that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, let me know. Let me know when it works, and you're welcome. There you go. Jeremy, what you got, bro? guys i have another netflix tv show well it didn't originate on netflix but it's on netflix now it is community have any of you guys ever watched that show i have not i love community i loved it um joel McHale stars in it uh chevy chase is in a bunch of seasons um ken jong who is one of the most hilarious people ever is in it um fantastic uh, cast um the first four seasons are incredible. The fifth season is okay. The sixth season is really off the boards. And it has a season finale like you couldn't possibly imagine. They just beat you over the head with a sledgehammer that the show is ending. And it's really heartbreaking. But overall, it is a really, really incredible show. What, what type of genre would you say that is? I've never heard of this show. It's comedy. It, it, yeah. It's very meta comedy. Like, they talk to the camera a lot. Like, They'll they'll just screw with you a bunch. Like they'll do entire episodes in claymation just to screw with you. Like they'll have like like just the most insane stuff. And like it, it's all about like this group of people who like form a study group in a uh, in a community college, and they all got there like through like bad ways because it's like a really really crappy community college. And so like it's really the, funny. The premise of the show is Joel McHale's character is is a lawyer and come to find out he doesn't actually have a degree so he gets like disbarred so he has to go to community college to get a degree and it's like these are all of the crazy people around you that you see at this <laughs> low bar community college it's, yes. it's a great show yeah i'll have to check that out that sounds good we'll have to check that one out. all the seasons are on netflix and it's a really easy watch you know uh 25 minute episodes and um it's good stuff so it's completed like it's the show's over basically like you said yeah, like like even like season two or three, they make jokes like in the show about six in a movie, it's like six seasons in a movie. So maybe one day they'll come out with a movie. Um, but but from day one, they knew they were only going to do six seasons, and like they managed to do them. Yeah. Did you finish the you finished the entire thing basically? Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. N- yes. No. Not basically. I did. <laughs> and how fast did you complete this? Yes, I, I finished it to completion. But how um, fast? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he keeps answering yes to a numbered question. Wait, what? How fast did it take you to finish? Yes. Oh, yes. I don't know. Just, just a couple minutes, like regular. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say like something, like but I completely forgot with uh, your with your how fast do you finish question. Uh, yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> yes, yes, Moving I do. Moving on to you, Joel. Yes, I do. <laughs> All right, let's get out of this rabbit hole. Uh, what I have recommended this week, because we are on the topic of cast iron, is my favorite dessert that I love to make in a cast iron, which is a drop biscuit blackberry cobbler. Um, I, we, we've done this for several years. I'll put the recipe up, but basically... You know, I make I get the, the biscuit batter going in the in the bowl. We cook down the blackberries, mix all that with sugar and all that jazz. Make like a slurry. Make a slurry, and then we just drop. I take the the biscuits and we just drop it straight on top. Plop it in the oven, cook it until the biscuits are done. Pull, with some sugar. Yep. Pull it out. Dust some sugar on the top of that. Pair that with a good vanilla bean ice cream, and it is fantastic. But I will we'll get so good. We'll get that recipe up, oh, and good. cast iron desserts are money. So, all right, guys. Well, that is it. That's it for the show. That's it for Real Recommends and the show. But we thank you guys for listening to this episode, and we hope you come around for the next one. But to do that, you need to subscribe. Do it. Do it right now. That way you can listen to that Reload podcast anytime, anywhere. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. See you next Tuesday. This podcast is brought to you by Reload Rub and Seasoning. Head to ReloadRub.com to pick up the full arsenal of our delicious blends, perfect for amping up your next meal. No MSG, clean ingredients, and a portion of every sale is donated to Hungry Heroes, serving those who serve others. So head over to ReloadRub.com and order yours today. Uh, Matt and I are going to start our own podcast. We're only going to talk about bread. It's the only thing we're going to talk about. <laughs> okay. I'm, we're, not we're, I'm not I'm not... I'm not beyond suggesting that, actually. Um, uh, w- what we're going to do weekly is we're going to get different store-bought breads like Wonder Bread, and we're going to have live tastings on air. Um, yeah. Just like porn. Um, bread. Except it'll be bread. And bread. <laughs> Blind bread tasting. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll cut them up and put them on little, little tasting trays little and, and taste them and see what kind of notes we can pick up on them. Bread pairings. That's mm. funny. Enri- enriched flour in this one. Mm. Yes. I'm... T- I'm tasting self-rising flour in this. Mm-hmm. This one has a, a strong high fructose corn syrup note in it. Bleached. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm getting brown sugar off this one, strangely uh, enough. Baking spices? <laughs> no brown sugar. No brown sugar. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I need an IV bag. That's what I need. A fucking bolus. <laughs> you, know, you know a nurse, so. Mm-hmm. Would you let me stick you? Hell yeah. At this point, I don't, anybody. Matt could do it. <laughs> Well, that's not What's that supposed to, to mean? Me. Oh. I thought you were going to be like, oh, hell yeah, you. you're like the best nurse. Of course I would let you stick me. You no, I'd let anybody do it. I'd even let Matt stick me. Oh, in the butt. With his tongs. <laughs> oh, in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Matt, have you watched The Wrong Missy yet? Uh, No, I watched the preview and it wasn't very convincing. The preview was less convincing than your recommendation. Yeah. I had seen the preview when you recommended that movie, and I was like, I don't want to watch that movie. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I'm sorry. <good. laughs> Y'all aren't even looking. I see her. <laughs> I'm trying to get ready for my recommends. You said you were going to watch it that night. I'm mad at you. I said I would watch it. I didn't say that night. So just watch it. I mean, it's so bonkers, but it's so funny. And it, you know, it's on Netflix, so you gotta watch it. What's it called? What's it called? One more time. The wrong Missy. It is a one. I watched it twice in one day because I watched it and I was like, Joel, you've got to watch this. And we were just crying. One hundred percent, a guaranteed love. Uh, you have to watch it.
So I'm writing it down. I'm going to go watch it. Ah. Yes. No. You did. Stacey, you I- said I'm going to watch it tonight. Stacy, I would really like to be patted on the back for not crapping all over it because I saw the preview and really disliked the preview and I didn't crap on it when you recommended it. I thought it was hilarious. Jeremy. You're such a special person. (laughs) (laughs) Give the man a reward. (laughs) I need kudos for not crapping on something you love. (laughs) Yeah. Tell tell me I did good. Tell me I did good. (laughs) I held my tongue for once.